0: Welcome to Manifesting with Meg, Conversations with Extraordinary People. This is a podcast that is inspirational based upon my book, The Magical Guide to Bliss, that takes the listeners through the year with empowering conversations. Starting from January and Carpe Diem Seize the Day to December, inspiring magic and miracles time to sit back and relax as these extraordinary people my guests share their wisdom so that you too can elevate your life it's time to discover more bliss get intentional and start to transform your dreams into reality it's time to come alive because the world needs more people who wake up and come alive to the possibilities for their own life enjoy Welcome to episode 99 of Manifesting with Meg, Conversations with Extraordinary People. Today, our special guest is Sullivan Bonger of Sullivan's She Shed. And do I have a treat for all of you guys. This is a welcome of the August and celebration of friendship. The theme tonight on our 99th episode is make it a habit to rest when you are weary. So all of you who are coming up on the end of your summer vacation, it's time not to forget to rest before you got to go back to the hustle and bustle. For those of you who are on quote unquote hiatuses, this is time. You don't forget to rest now. And remember, this is a show about transformation dreams inspiration, true happiness, discovering bliss, and we're all just a conversation away from extraordinary time to wake up to a universe packed with possibility. And I have a great guest to help you all do that. This is a monthly show that's intentional. We get inspirational around our categories. Tonight, we have the wonderful magical guide to bliss to show us the way, get intentional and pick a number between three and 397 that's right you all know the drill and away we go and listen to this wonderful wonderful powerhouses biography Sullivan. and i have to ask you why you call yourself the renaissance dolly because that is definitely a question i have <laughs> so she is Sullivan, but she's also the renaissance dolly or dolly she's been active on and off of modeling and entertaining I'm sorry, entertainment industries since 2007 in South and Southeast Asia, Chicago, New York and Los Angeles. So I feel like I'm stepping into the big league tonight with you. When active as a talent, she won recognition for her work as a pioneering petite fashion model in the American market. And served as the title holder for Miss Fashion Week's Petite Los Angeles, California. And I definitely want to show this in the stream while I'm talking about her. Because look at how awesome this picture is. I told her, a woman who wears a tiara is someone after my own heart. And certainly, look at her. She's dazzling with her own tiara here. And with her when her respective title ended, she returned to serve as honorary talent judge for Miss Fashion Week 2018. She's currently the host of Sullivan She Shed on WWTVN WOTV with a global OTT TV audience of 50 million which is uh, unbelievable it's hard to even fathom in addition to working as an award-winning model and past digital marketer, she's worked interchangeably as a production coordinator in the entertainment industry and a project coordinator in the real estate development. You've worked extensively in corporate and independent residential scale historic renovations of property in New York, Baltimore, and New York, and DC. Now, that's something I'm definitely going to have to ask you about is that you actually restore historic properties. Is that what happens then with regard to that? We'll talk about it in a bit. But you also served as an HR liaison, coordinated all projects by recruiting high-integrity union and non-union contracted talent. You've ensured that all contractors, union or non-union, were treated in a humane and non-abusive environment, contrary to many industry practices, which is a breath of fresh air, like I said. Although exhibiting a very friendly, playful, youthful demeanor, and sometimes soft-spoken, this is absolutely my experience of her she packs quite a punch in anything she sets her mind to regardless of the industry and how lucky we are to have you joining us here tonight welcome sullivan to the manifesting with meg like i said i'm really excited the 99th episode welcome did i miss anything that i need to highlight because certainly that's a lot. You do
1: a lot. And it's quite well, I've been amazing. working since I was 14. So no, that's,
0: <laughs> most well, people are like, you are you in
1: your know. mid-30s? No, not yet. But I'll let you know when I get there.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's so amazing that someone who is, you know, nowadays, it just seems like more and more, a lot of um, younger, younger individuals have a lot of confidence that they're just going to go take the world by storm. And you certainly are one of the most amazing people in your young age that have you done is just, what goes before you is just amazing. And welcome, Beth. Thank you so much. Thank you for so much for congratulating 99. I feel it's kind of a lucky one. Not that 100 is any lucky, but 99. I think it kind of feels good on 88. 99 on 88. Eight. You know, let's mm-hmm. let's do this. So tell me, you know, one of the things I said at the outside of the show was the quote for today is "Rest when you are weary. Rush, refresh, and renew yourself. Your body, your mind, your spirit. Then get back to work." Ralph Marston is American writer. And I love this because I really do believe that synchronicity things pop up when you need to hear them most. And although working hard is definitely a key to a successful life, you have to rest, you have to renew on a consistent basis, or you will burn out. And I know reading your bio... I, when do you even have time to rest when you are weary? I'm curious. What are your oh, thoughts? I had on a it? burnout with
1: digital marketing. I I I did it since 2011, and then right in 20 around 2018 2019, I just burnt out. <laughs> and so I, I uh, you know, I moved on to doing broadcasting. So it was it was just like right when it when I, when I had the burnout with digital marketing, broadcasting came along. So it was
0: a so synchronicity was it, at, was it a seamless like a seamless process from digital to broadcasting. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it it just kind of flowed. So I was like, oh, well, that's ironic.
0: (laughs) Isn't that fun? I just love that when Like when you feel one door is closed, sometimes in your face, you just turn Mm -hmm. around and maybe you'll see one wide open waiting for you to just like sashay on in with your tiara and everything that comes with you for sure, right? Oh, exactly. (laughs) What are like, like I always say nothing innovative comes from burnout. I think there is a time that we all need to have an emotional or physical reprieve so that we can fill our bank account back up so that we can actually function and enjoy what it is that we're doing. And I think that one of the things that, you know, is a part about enjoying is making those memories that make a life. And, you know, you become your own best friend when you are allowing yourself that moment in time to step back. And actually take a deep breath in and see what you like and what you don't like and move forward accordingly. And like you said, you know, when b- digital media was burning you out, you're like, okay, I'm not a I one. I mean, it just seemed to me like, you know, you we're saying that you didn't want to do this again. And then the other door opened. So what what do you think about that? You know, how how have you shifted in this wonderful already path that you've taken so far in your young, young life? Because you aren't old. You are definitely like, I wouldn't even say anywhere near middle age. And I'm not saying that with any disrespect. I think it's fantastic. The confidence that you have and the ability to show up in this world, you know, is beyond your years. So go ahead. Tell us a little bit about about that.
1: I was thinking I just... Popped, and like popped like a little fairy into existence. And I was like, you know what? I think I'll do this. <laughs> That's what is I was what like for
0: you. I love the fact that you're saying popped like a little fairy into existence because I somehow imagine that that would be more of a, a enjoyable life, you know, where you're just like, oh, this just seems to be more magical than we actually see, you know, that people actually mm-hmm. really want to embrace. So mm-hmm. yeah, tell me a little bit about your path so far, your journey. Where How did, how did you get to this place in your life?
1: So, um, initially I, like I said, I started working when I was 14. So initially I was hired by some students. They were college students, art students. And, you know, when you're young like that, they just pay you with food. So initially I started modeling for some college students when I was 14 and they were doing like, um, some of them were doing like their masters in art and some are doing, uh, um, digital, they were like doing digital art. So I was in a couple different, um, that's how I started when I was 14. Wow. So, oh, <laughs> and good. I also, um, my mom, um, she, Walmart. So the, in the area that I was in at the time it was a rural area. It wasn't you know like a, a city area because we went from city, 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 city. You know I, I grew up in Korea and then we came back and I had like a culture shock, oh, so, wow. like, adapting to American culture. So um, I just always felt like very odd. And so one of the things that you do when you know like when you're like a third culture kid and you grow into a third culture adult is like you always feel that you're in like your own little orbit, like just culturally, like you're in your own little world, basically. So um, initially, I just started, I started when I was 14. Oh, one moment, I got to grab the cord really quickly. There's something the cord is plugged in on the other side. So one of the things that I love about
0: um, Sullivan is that she has this wonderful um, she shed. And it's a place where women empower themselves. And has guests that really can enlighten other women to truly step into, you know, something amazing past their comfort zone. And I had the wonderful opportunity to be on her She Shed. And that's when she's talking about the broadcast world where, you know, people show up and, you know, it's a different, it's not the digital media. It's definitely something um, that that embraces the visual arts but still at the same time you know it's a wonderful opportunity so i would definitely recommend everyone to go check out Sullivan's she shed um Sullivan, i would love for you to tell us where people can find um this show that you you broadcasted i know that um you know you're on linkedin i know that's where where a lot of people find you but how how do they find you on uh Sullivan's she shed
1: Okay, so Sullivan you would find me on WorldWideTV.tv. So if you go to WorldWideTV.tv and there's going to be a search bar on the top, or there are two options. So you can go to WorldWideTV.tv or you can go on the bottom where it says Uh, women on TV, faith and family, and then there's going to be another um, section that you can click on. So you would click on women on TV, because that's what we usually focus on is women on TV, even though worldwide television network is the broader umbrella. So and then you would scroll down. And initially, we were at the top, but Shay's signed a couple more um, broadcasters. So, um, you know, she signs the talent to the to the um, to the network. So I think I'm I'm like the fourth one down. I'm under Katie Katie O's Food Carnival and if you haven't talked to Katie you should talk to her too because she's really cool Meg but um so I'm right underneath Katie O's Food food carnival, Carnival and you just click on it and then it will show all of the episodes from season one when we started in 2018 we started May 6 2018 all the way until now and um I will warn everyone ahead of time that you know we started um, Sulevan, so she shed on a student budget. So it was a bunch of students that got together and and put it together. <laughs> so wow. it's grown with us as we've gone through school. So you will notice it as you watch, like how it progressed.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I love that because you start somewhere. And I think that these the underlying words, always curious, always genuine, that that's probably guided you on your paths. Always, you know, all, like always, always curious, always gener- genuine. But. Those things, that authenticity and that curious mind, certainly, you know, you start somewhere and then you build on that. And then all of a sudden you are, and, and you know, it's interesting, Beth Freeman, Beth Simonton is on love the growth. She did the same thing with her, um, her nonprofit called, um, it, it, oh my God, ICU, babe. And and honestly, oh my goodness, I'm like totally losing my mind, but yeah, but she started from nothing and then she built this incredible, you know, powerhouse of, of a, um, a nonprofit to help serve the community. But the same thing, what you're saying is you got to start somewhere. And with that, you've, you've shown up and now you've built in the last, what, you said four years, maybe even now, even a little more, such a wonderful place where a lot of people can go to learn so much more about themselves. And, you know, like she's saying, you know, start somewhere is really good advice, but that's the only real advice because if you, you can, I think you can argue yourself out of success. I think people mm-hmm. like- Perfectionism—that that wonderful thing we all strive for—it could also get in the way of progress. So, one of the things that I would love for you to talk about is at this point in your career, you know, you're you're you are a fashion model. I mean, you you walk runways, so it would seem to me that that you strive for that too. But I love the fact that you have that entrepreneurial spirit as well. Can you talk to talk about a little bit about that as well?
1: Yeah. There's always, okay. So first I want to talk about a little bit like the modeling industry and like how models are treated first off. So a lot of, there's a pre, there's a preconceived notion that models are stupid and that they're dumb and that, you know, it's just, it's horrible. So not only do you get like people, within the modeling industry that treat models like, you know, like dolls. They're like, oh, this is a doll I don't want to deal with anymore. And they just throw it away. And um, I, I would say that I scared a lot of people in the modeling industry because I already had the background in digital marketing. And then I was also one of the one of the first um, agents that contacted me. Was, his name is Michelle Tilleri. It's actually Michael, but the way he spells it is spelled Michelle. That's why yeah. I say Michelle. So he was one of the top um, uh, fashion agents. Uh, fashion scouts in New York City. So he scouted me when I first decided I would switch into fashion. So initially when I started, I was working, as I was saying, like I was working for um, art students, older art students, and then I was working for professors. So I was a, a fine art model, and then I progressed from there. So um, um, to answer the question, so how did how did that work? How did everything come together? Um, so it, it was, it was just time, timing. And also the other thing is too, with modeling, there isn't as much of, as, as an age restriction as there is with acting. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't start getting into the acting aspect. Oh, yes. I didn't start getting into the acting aspect maybe until around uh, 2011. So um, that was when I started to get opportunities from like uh, fashion tv cebu philippines and then bigfoot entertainment which was at the time like a massive that's like a a massive production company they're almost as big as like t series and like india and like they're massive and they work on a global level so one of the major studios i don't know if mick Glessner is i haven't spoken to him in like a couple of years so i don't know where he is now with the pandemic and everything but um if anyone's familiar, Bigfoot Entertainment had like one of their um, primary production studios was in Cebu. That was like their headquarters. And then there was another one in Miami. And that was in, uh, they worked with a lot of like Miami models uh, in in like Florida, you know, that that region. And then there was another studio that was in Los Angeles. So um, that was quite a while ago. So I haven't really kept up to date with like Nick Lesnar or, or uh, Bebe Fam, but um, that was a massive project as well. Um, so OK, so, Meg, you want to guide me a little bit because I want to yeah, make no, sure. Of not- you- no, of course. No. One of the things, you know, you have a marketing degree, too. Like, so you <laughs> yeah. so you
0: not only you do you have the skill and the talent that you've done the job, the mark, the mm-hmm. modeling, the, the actual promotions and things like that. But you also have the business side as the mm-hmm. marketer. So, yeah, so- it, it really
1: go ahead, go ahead. So what I was saying is that Michelle Teleri was what would happen is I'm five foot two. So in the American market, uh, there's this weird, I don't know, I didn't experience dealing with any of the European agency agents or photographers. Like I used to work with Dorothy Anthony, who was like the she used to be a UN attorney, but then she got like sick of all just like the straight logic all the time. So she went into talent management, which is what I was wondering if you were going to do, because you guys have the same kind of like structured personalities and you're both creative. Yeah. And so she went into talent management. And so every time I talk to you, I'm like, well, I think Meg would make an excellent oh. talent manager. No one <laughs> would mess with Meg. No one messes with Dorothy. Like no one. <laughs> no
0: one. Oh, that's great. I, but yeah, was so, she someone I'm, who actually worked, she worked for you? Was she? She, was she representing you as as she a talent? Me. or Yeah, she she
1: helps me. Um, she had her she had Dojo Castings, so Dojo Castings was something that she was starting um, in 2012 2013, and then she signed me into it. She didn't even like sign me to a talent contract. Like she was just here, just join it. So I like was getting castings through there. Um, Michelle Tulare was in New York, and um, I was having problems in the U S. because you, the U S they they got rid of their petite divisions like maybe like years before I came onto the scene. So I didn't come onto the scene until 2007-ish. So that's when I started. But I wasn't getting paid until, about like, 2009 because I was putting together my portfolio and, like, making the networks. So um, Michelle Deliri, like, right in 2009 and, like, Cebu Philippines and all of that, they contacted me right away. So I caught the attention of, like, major agents right away. And Dorothy Anthony was a friend that was online, but she was was referred to me by a friend that used to – I guess he's – he works in law enforcement in the uk and he saw uh, like my my uh, it was my old i had like a myspace and a facebook when facebook was like just starting basically before all, all the controversy uh controversy yeah and before you know like all of that happened so um I had that on there. And so he would, he's, he like sent it Doroth to Dorothy and so she started helping me and networking me. And then mm-hmm. um, Michelle, I was calling Michelle, but some people say Michael because of the spelling, but uh, Michelle also helped me too. So he was saying, well, you're going to have a really hard time in the American market because the T in the American market now is five, eight. Oh, so, wow. and that's oh, wow. kind of ironic. Yeah. When you think that's about ironic. it, right. Yeah. So that a, a petite, that's, like a petite man is considered a 5'8". Most women are not 5'8". Most women no. are about 5'5 five five and under.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you know, so tell me, I, I love the fact that you told me that there was a photographer that took this picture. I, I, you know, that you had mentioned, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about that and what, 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 what was going on here.
1: So this was in 2017. So the picture that Meg has pulled up was in 2017. I competed in a a, um, pageant. So it was an international and national pageant. So I competed at the time I had moved to Los Angeles, right? So going through everything that I was saying earlier, that was over the course of years. So um, we're fast forwarding now to 2017. 2017 was when I, I started winning awards right so um i had started at 14 and i finally won an award that was like (laughs) 2007 Mm -hmm. and then 2017 10 years later i got like my first big award so that was my first big award the smaller awards were like up and coming talent you know like she's just building right so that was my Mm -hmm. first big award as a model was i won uh, the miss los angeles petite division um before the woman that um so there was Okay, so Eric Tatro is the one that took this. Eric Tatro used to be an Imagineer for Disney, and Meg helps me a lot because I still deal with the after effects of a uh, TBI. So Meg, Meg knows to like structure things for me. Yeah. So this was, um, yeah. So this was taken by a former uh, Disney Imagineer. Um, I met him when I first moved to uh, Mutual Los Angeles, and we met at a I think it was it was some kind of after party. I think it was an after party for like BET or Absolutely. something like that. Yeah. So we met and. Um, I liked him instantly because he didn't do drugs. There you <laughs> so, go. <Okay. laughs> yeah. So um, I don't drink or smoke, and I don't do drugs, and that's considered bizarre, or like, especially then, like it's considered odd in in Hollywood. So um, I was like the odd duck out in Hollywood because I don't do that, and I'm also not I'm not promiscuous either. So like that was another thing that was considered very odd. So Eric was like, I guess we're friends now. <laughs> there you go.
0: Well, hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna find your circle. In that, <laughs> that's not a bad thing to find your circle in for sure. Like at least healthy habits, right? I mean, yeah, Lord yeah only I knows. got made
1: fun of when I first got to LA because of that. So um Wow, it's amazing. It was, like your
0: pressure. Well, you were so yeah. you were so young 2007 You're 14 years old. You get out, you know, in 2017, still young, you know, you are still making your way and 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 you you said you had um you said you were from you know. Korea growing up, come, come back here to a different culture, you know, experiencing a different lifestyle. It's a shock to the, the system. And then also that you're savvy enough to know enough of the whole marketing side and also the whole modeling side to use that. But you put, it, it's interesting. It, it would seem that, and I, and I saw the show the other night and you'll appreciate this. It's called luck. It's the new, um,
1: cause we're talking about
0: Imagineer and things like that. Disney um, it's the new movie talking about how luck, you know, comes about. And sometimes luck shows up in our lives because of other things that happen. that you, like you said, you didn't win anything until you were 24, but you definitely didn't give up. So one of the things I definitely love to share on my show and what makes me so happy is the inspirational quotes, because that is one of the things that I certainly benefit from myself that, you know, the fact of the matter is there are people in our lives that are superstars or maybe not so much superstars, but yet reading, writing, everything that influence. And this one is the one that you brought up. And I love that you brought up Diana. She's definitely iconic. Her energy is very
1: angelic. Oh,
0: it's, it's, it's beautiful. And yet she was like, as we learn later on, she was in the midst of a hell Mm -hmm. a personal hell, you know, so that no one would know because she did present, so Mm -hmm. angelic and it says nothing brings me more happiness than trying to help the most vulnerable people in society it is a goal and an essential part of my life a kind of destiny whoever is in distress can call on me i will come running wherever they are tell me what this means to you and why is this i mean it's very inspirational obviously but why Mm -hmm. is it mean is important to you
1: so I think it's important to me because a lot of the energy that we have in the world right now is all masculine. And Princess mm-hmm. Diana is a perfect example. So now you have a lot of young girls who are saying I'd rather be a king than a princess. But look at Princess Diana. Yeah. That beautiful, rare feminine energy that she yeah. had. You you if I like um you know I was a little kid when she passed, so I didn't really know much about her. And like the people that you're going to be quoting tonight I yeah. learned about them more recently, so um, because of some of my friends. But like, I felt like kind of like that energy from her. She had yeah. such a rare, beautiful, feminine energy, and that's the energy that the world needs. Yeah. And so I, the reason that she is inspirational to me is that whenever someone says, "I'd rather be a king than a princess," yeah, look at what she brought to the world. Like, if yeah. you watch her old interviews, like sh- she literally, like she she would hold like small children that ran up to her during press junkets and and it was genuine. There wasn't Mm. any like sense of like acting or pretentiousness there, it was genuine. So it's like, I I think that this quote is inspirational to me because that was a genuine beautiful woman with feminine energy that was able to share and give to others even though she went through hell behind closed doors. Big
0: time hell. And you know, it's very interesting that you keep saying genuine because that is your tagline. Always mm-hmm. genuine. That's important for anyone showing up in the world. And I think that your point is so, so on point. Literally on point. Because I think a lot of times, you know, you're what you're saying is really quite valid. To survive in this world, we think we have to change ourselves, be something that we're not. Maybe more masculine. Maybe more aggressive. Maybe more, you know, forceful. And the reality is, is that if you show up really who you are and how you present in that, you know, divine feminine, it might be even more powerful than what is construed in the world as, you know, someone to be reckoned with. The reality is, is that that embracing your beauty, that gentle, that angelic side of you, you know, like the mother Teresa's of the world, they didn't like, she wasn't, she just showed up and took care of others. You know, she didn't like, you know, try to, put other people down. Like she was kind of the nurturer. So I love that you're saying that. And I love, of course, that, you know, she's a princess, which is even more profound as well. You know, and the fact of the matter is, is in in what you're doing, how do you bring that feminine energy to the fore? I know that it's really important to you. How are you? You're iconic. You're going to make a difference. You're going to hit hard because you're really at a sweet spot where the world will listen. So how are you doing that? How are you bringing that that genuine beauty and at the same time a force to be reckoned with.
1: I would say I bring, well, I would say that the way that I'm bringing is to kind of remind people, cause I always show people this quote and like, it's, it's like, you, you're like, don't forget that someone existed you know, like, and you don't go away when you die either. So yeah. it's like, yeah. she's still around. But the thing is that a lot of people don't understand is that she, that, that's a reminder. So like, that's why I always quote Princess Diana. Um, but for me personally, like what I'm bringing to the world, I do like the feminine energy. I think it's you know also known as yin energy. So like yin energy is something that you need. You have yeah. to have healing, you have to have gentleness, you have to have kindness. Otherwise the world is gonna get plunged into just violence. And yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's I, I think for me, it's more my way of, you know, giving through the feminine energy is like listening and you know, showing that I care and just like being not using that as a, like a segue to manipulate people because sometimes people will say it and they'll say oh, I have like I am a feminine like I don't know like a being sometimes people will say they're a priestess but they're not actually a priestess like I'm actually training to be a priestess so, so cool. you know like the final I I was- ask. I'm
0: just telling you that sounds so cool. that is so amazing that is so amazing <laughs> so that it's is- like
1: it's kind of like, for example, um, like the feminine energy. So like being a priestess, what do I want to bring to the world? Well, I want to help people, right? Yeah. So I want to be in service to others. That's it. something that I've always wanted to do. And, you know, modeling is the creative side. It's not like necessarily the spiritual side or like the business side, right? Yeah. So that is more, that's just, well, Amazing. modeling doesn't feel very spiritual, but, you know, it's well, business. You know what? But I think there's, I, I do think that
0: a, a, one of the most beautiful things is, you know, clothes really do speak volumes of a culture. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and I and I, you know, come and I will tell you. I didn't say this to you when I, I first spoke to you, but one mm-hmm. of the things that I wanted to do more than anything was to be a fashion designer because there's so much expression in mm-hmm. how we present. You know, the fabrics and what they're made of, the textures, the The femininity, the colors, the vibrancy, even black and with the colors against it. They're all of these concepts that really depict a a period piece, like 50s, 67, or a cultural piece. And how you can't tell me that that's not like speaks words or volumes before we even, you know, even open our mouths. I think that's fantastic. I think that's so profound and on point and i think that it does make a difference i think that speaks even more to people's cultural
1: and creativity as mm-hmm. well and how See, we understand because we meg is creative too so sometimes i'm used to coming on some some of the shows i've been on the minute i say model they, they it's like they just kind of go oh. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I always forget that Meg is also creative too. She's not just analytical; she's creative too. So, um, that that was the thing too. So, like as you know, like the feminine energy, I want to bring that healing and that love to people, but I want to make sure that they know that it's genuine because sometimes people just use it for keywords. They don't use it for the actual thing that it's meant for. Yeah, and you know, like with Pustis training, so so I'm going to train in two different divisions of priestess training so I already know how to do it but I'm getting the formal licensing so that I can open shrines in the future because that is my that is how I'm giving to people so you know like I I'm very always very gentle with animals with children I'm very gentle towards other people but there are some people where I just kind of step back because I sense like they don't have a very good like a, they can almost have an attachment if you want to say but some people will look at me and roll their eyes um, but um so you just kind of like you know, it's, it's giving that kindness, that like, love and just giving that just freely. And it's not to sound like hippie or anything like that, but it's doing it in a structured way. So like as like as I grow now, like I would hope to be a, you know, like a, a high priestess like soon. But, you know, like most there's also the the um, hierarchy, too. So like the I think that one of the youngest priestesses in the divisions that I'm going to is I think she's 47 or 48 Oh, so wow. they're not they're rare, like actual priestesses, and not like people that are giving you like this menu, like I'm gonna re- tell your fortune. Like those aren't actual priestesses. Oh, wow, no, <laughs> you know, no. it's like you're not supposed to charge money for any of that. You're you're supposed to be doing it as you know, like a charity, a kindness. So um I just uh, that that's what I want to I want people to remember that there are actually like even though it's rare to actually find high priestesses, and that's what I aspire to do, it's it's genuine, it's real. Yeah. so like um, uh, like I was saying I want to open shrines well what I, what do I want to do with the shrines well I want to help people right I want to nice. do job training I want to do you know, like food pantries I want to do all of these things oh, and that's my way of nurturing is the practical aspect so my I guess my language of love if we were going to circle on a random stream of consciousness would probably be acts of service you know, like wow. some people would affirmation or like hugs or um, what was the other one gifts? Yeah. I guess mine's true. my gift to you is just like making sure that you feel loved. Right. And you feel that you're in a safe place and it's neutral territory. Mm-hmm. And like, I like well, I mean,
0: imagine like in a community where you, you go and you actually feel loved and cared for. I mean, imagine how many people who have been, who are looking for that, looking for that sense of communion again in this mm-hmm. world, because mm-hmm. we've been separate for such a long time, jumping mm-hmm. back, you know, I, and I want to, I want a shout out to, to Beth, I should connect the two of you with her ICU baby. That's what she's doing too. And her shrine just becomes the hospitals where she can mm-hmm. go and, and, and be exactly. of service and you're going to do it in a different way, but as a service as well. So it's, I love the fact that you bring the beauty of what is calling to you, to your soul and you show up accordingly. And, and that goes now to, okay, so this one I, I love. And the fact is, brandon lee is very cool for one and the Mm -hmm. fact that you brought up this i love it because because we do not know when we will die we get to think of life as an inexhaustible well and yet everything happens only a certain number of times in a very small number really this is just a beautiful reality hit right now what you know it's kind of like you know don't take things for granted at the same time be wild-eyed with wonder because it just a small few moments in time if it happens to you. So tell me what it means to you. I love this. Plus, you know, his face is just jubilant as well. So tell me, tell me a little bit what this means to you.
1: Yeah, I haven't read the book that he quoted this from, but I'm going to read it. It's on my to-read list. But um, I became more aware of Brandon Lee recently because of one of my friends. She goes, "I have an actor that you would love," and. Um, she uh, sent me some of his interviews. I was like, oh, my God, we would have been friends, <laughs> you know, because, uh, like, he went through a lot of similar things that I went through but as a guy, clearly. Yeah. So um, this quote in particularly, uh, in particular is a really good quote in that it's, it's one of those things. It's like you can't be afraid to live. But at the same time, we know that it. Things come to an end, right? But they don't really come to a full end. So he's, when he was quoting this quote, he was just saying, you know, like, you don't know when it's going to happen. So live it to the fullest, right? To be, to be, um, to understand that it's limited. It's not endless. It's not, maybe, maybe the consciousness of the person that goes, maybe that's, you know, constant and doesn't really end and it flows and it keeps going yeah. and it never stops but when you're talking about like the physical body like your physical body there's only so much that your physical body can take over yeah. the course of your lifetime yeah. so I think that this this quote makes me smile one because it came from someone that was also had that same kind of energy so yeah. he had a very innocent energy and that's what I sensed automatically as soon as my friends sent me um, the interviews and like I, I it was kind of interesting because my friend I was telling her about the interview, and she was saying, You're gonna choose people that are similar to you in one some way or the other. I'm like that's usually how it goes, doesn't it? yeah, yeah. No, um he was very like his 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 energy was very innocent he he yeah. was too innocent for Hollywood in many ways, and um the other thing is I've talked to his sister, so his sister was going, oh, wow. yeah, oh, so wow. his sister is his sister is so sweet, <laughs> yeah um so before my Instagram was um confiscated basically (laughs) um (laughs) shannon and i were uh are chatting a little bit on there but um he's he's a good example too like someone that you know princess diana from from what i was told from a friend that worked with her you know in the uk he told me that she was genuinely like that and he said that um he says I, I showed him the quotes too, and he said there's a pattern here. Did you notice all the really great, beautiful, brilliant really people died really young? And so it was mm-hmm. like, Oh, yeah, I didn't, I, 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 didn't think of it that way, but he has that same energy, you know, and Princess Diana mm-hmm. had a very mature soul and he had an old soul. So his soul, mm-hmm. he was you know, like 20, he was in his twenties and yeah, his young. soul was probably about 50. <laughs> So um, what I think
0: is very what what you're saying is very beautiful. And I think that um what you're saying is actually you know true. Those things that inspire us most usually come from the people that we see ourselves in. It's like we are mirrors to each other, right? We all Mm -hmm. we reflect back the things we love about ourselves. And we also Mm -hmm. reflect back the things that we might not love about ourselves so much. So it's kind of like when you're in a group with people and you're just like, um, they bother you or they make you smile. You have to like Mm -hmm. question Mm -hmm. yourself and say, okay, why is this happening? And Mm -hmm. and I love Mm -hmm. the fact that you keep saying that, you know, there's a purity of spirit in these individuals, but you know, unfortunately they burnt out early, unfortunately, you know, for other reasons. But I think that when with, with, I think that as we progress and we learn from those who've gone before us, we learn to do things differently. And I think that that's a beauty of manifesting. And I love that beauty about this show, is because we can use the tools that we can learn from people who've gone before us. And they always say, "On the shoulders of giants, we see further and we rise higher." Which I think is really kind of the elevation of what we're all looking forward to do. And I think, from me, from what you know, you're a powerhouse, but at the same time your, your energy is so palpable. Like you can feel comfort and safety in your presence, which for someone who's had so much experience that you do in this, in this industry, that's really rarity. And that, that's a beautiful thing because you're going to help a lot of people that you might grab onto them. Whereas other people may never be able to wake them up. Like perhaps had you known Lee, his story may have been different, you know, just because Mm -hmm of the person that you are. Uh, I just, I always, always curious, let's go there, right, for a second, you know? And the then, outliers. Um, <laughs> the outliers, I mean, you know, it's, it's quite beautiful because I think that I can speak for you for, in this point, you see things differently. And there's there's definitely, and I think that this might come from the creative side too, there's a mosaic that's unfolding before you, like, because even that quote, you know, the, the reality and and of course Lord Byron I mean my god that you pick this I love it For Lord Truth Byron
1: and- oh my goodness so um so from what I've read you know I remember just being very like impressed by his well he's was very attractive but um he he also was very intelligent so some people uh, one of my friends has uh, he's never obviously neither of us have ever met Lord Byron in our current lives but
0: because who knows lord what happened
1: <laughs> <laughs> so i was asking my friend i was like why do you hate him so and he's like oh he was so calloused and cold so i started doing a little bit more research and apparently lord byron came from a very like he was from an aristocratic family but they were heavily abusive to him oh, so wow. i think that what happened is he probably had um personality disorders and people just took it as mania from the abuse yeah. so there were rumors that he was sexually assaulted by one of his male family members that his mother was abusive to him. And because he was an aristocrat, he couldn't say anything uh-huh. yeah, because that just, that was then that was how it was. Yes. So I've always loved his poems and just the way that he wrote them. And he wrote them in the moment, you know, he was living in that moment and mm-hmm. it was the way that he wrote the poems. Now this quote in particular, I like because of his humor. He says, yeah. for, uh, for truth is out strange, Uh, stranger than fiction yeah i just love that because the weirdest things that happen that in this world people just you know generations later they go what yeah (laughs) what has happened Mm -hmm. are you sure that really happened are the people generations before us just making that up so i i think that this would be a really good quote um not only because he and even though he went through so much trauma and there was a point in his life where he was you know like well, my friend says he was a gold digger, but I. You know, we went we went back and forth and back and forth. Love I was a like, oh like, just give them.
0: That's <laughs> like, awesome. Just- leave him alone. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because we all know that the history, like who writes your history is certainly, you know, people are definitely j- either jaded and I'm sure that they have not, a, they have a bias to it. And Leslie's saying, you know, this is so fascinating. So many things that happen in real life, no one would believe in a novel, which is so funny. She's a, she's a novelist. Exactly. And it's true. You're like, you know what, you write this and they're like, yeah no one and, and actually when i wrote my own memoir i mm-hmm. pitched it to a a publishing house and they told and i pitched it as a fiction mm-hmm. after i had fiction i've been pitching it as a memoir and they're like no one's gonna believe that and i go exactly ex- exactly to the point you're making for truth is always strange stranger than fiction it's absolutely the truth like I, I have a saying, they would love this, Sullivan. It's like he goes, You're never gonna believe what just happened. You're never gonna believe because that's like literally you'll never gonna believe because it's like mind blown, right? You have this issue and you're like, Well, and I and I think you know it's kind of funny, it's kinda of like, you know, I think that, that you don't know what that means. I mean, of course, it like people people are playing in realms that you know, we from our own perspective, might not have exposure to. But that's what I love read about reading, especially mm-hmm. what you're saying here, and that you did the research on this guy to learn more, you know, about him. And yeah, the fact he had a horrible
1: it, childhood. Like, wow. I don't know if you've ever read some of the bios about him. His family was horrifically abusive to him. And then on top of that, he had a clubbed foot. Oh, and wow. they were just brutal to him. Apparently, you know, like when he had to deal with the other aristocrats, the children oh. that he had to hang out with, huh, he had to hang out with more like was subjected to, made fun <laughs> of his clubbed foot. So I, I just like when I when I read about it, I'm like, well, how in the world did this? And he died young too. So yeah. if I remember correctly, he died at 36 or 37. Oh, wow. So he was, but he also, even though he had all of that, horrificness happening to him it was kind of like it kind of made me think of princess diana right princess diana had that private hell he was a little bit more open about his hell he wrote about his hell yeah he was very just like honest about it and very blunt about it which was crazy for that time period usually people just hid these things you know like behind closed doors
0: like like, don't say anything Mm -hmm. people will say people will talk people will you know and i and i hear what you're saying you know i think it i think well, I have a I have a very interesting question. Then mm-hmm. you are a broadcaster now. You have a show. You ask mm-hmm. those questions that bring out the stories. Is and, and you're and these people that you're, you're referencing Diana, Brandon Lee, Lord Byron. They couldn't tell their story. They they perished too too soon. But their story has been told later. You're actually in it telling the stories as you go. I find this incredibly healing it is healing it goes back to the fact that you're offering an opportunity for the voice to be heard right i love and, and where does that where do you think that comes from is
1: it your family of origin is it, it origin was- from my my grandfather actually so one of my grandfathers was a former monk you know and um he was you know a former monk uh before he left you know because he he had grown up in like colonized countries you know he was born in 1939 and you know a lot of people don't realize this but a lot of countries were still colonized even into the 50s and 60s wow. and um so he was subjected to british colonization he was subjected to french colonization he was subjected to american occupation by the american federal government and like at, at some point in time too so Um, my grandfather, like, I, I always felt that he understood me the most, you know, like there was just like, they, they always say it's a generational thing, right? Yeah. So it's always, it it usually goes to the grandparents. You always connect with your grandparents. Yeah. So, um, this particular grandfather, I, uh, always felt understood me. Like, even if people thought I, like the rest of the family thought I was eccentric or like odd, you know, like he, he was, you know, um, I don't know, (laughs) I'm trying to think about a phrase that he always understood me no matter what, like he, he always understood me. And one of the things that he did, you know, like even, even when he was no longer a monk, you know, even he, he, uh, he completely changed his life trajectory, you know, like he was a monk, and then he ran into my grandma. So my grandma had, you know, her family was from China. So um, she was like, really beautiful and stunning to him because she had like the fair skin and the long Mm -hmm. dark hair and like she was just like really sweet and you know like he had grown up basically essentially an orphan because of the colonization that his family had been slaughtered and so and in that time in that period of you know history like you you were raised in orphanages and so he was raised Mm -hmm. uh, in Vientiane you know like by monks so wow <laughs> and he's just kinda, yeah and so like he i i from what i understand he was like in his his late mid or late 20s or late 30s somewhere around there and he just like changed his life you know like he he suddenly he told the monks the head monks like i you know like i i want i i found someone i want to marry her i want to have a family like i lost all of my family you know he's like and you know he just kind of took off <laughs> so oh, wow. um, I, my grandpa i i am like the female version of my grandpa in a lot of ways. Oh, so wow. uh, even when he was no longer a monk, you know, and he like had a family and then he went into business agriculture and he, like he was a very, he was highly intelligent. Um, I don't have my grandma's and in- our grandpa's intelligence, but um, he was like genius level intelligence. So um, he helped a lot of people. So even oh, when he was no same. longer a monk he was still in service to others, right? He was still helping them. So when people are fleeing, when they had to go to their refugee camps, he was the one that helped everyone. <laughs> so yeah. he, he was just... You know, I think it's I think
0: it's fascinating what you're talking about because I'm listening to you uh-huh. talking about your grandfather and it's clear, like you're telling me what your story is like and, and what you choose and what you want to do for your life. You know, you're building on his legacy, so to speak. And the fact that he basically gave you the nod of acceptance as you were for all the beauty and all the eccentricity and all the the wonderful quirks and you know that you are that it's opened yourself. And I will say this, I said it at the outset. You have this confidence and 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 it's not it's not in your face, I'm gonna do like, but it's definitely you present yourself. With an air of, and I don't know why you're saying that you're not as smart as your grandfather. You're it's a genius and a wisdom that you know goes beyond your years. Which I love, like I said, I was I absolutely love the quotes that you gave because even Harriet Tubman. You add throw this one in. Oh, Acrita I love her. I,
1: I was I, reading about her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just oh my god, her biography is amazing. So apparently, amazing, she yeah. you know she she was hit in the head. Um, one of her slave masters was punishing someone or, and then he was throwing something and it hit her in the head. And so she, she said, like, I, th- I just find this so phenomenal that a woman had a TBI and she was able to free thousands of people, like, wow. how? <laughs> like how does uh, yeah. that work and like the strategy this woman had she was so clever she had she was cunning she knew how to yeah. deal with the authorities she I I was like, my god yeah. <laughs> that's like and gift, this was of
0: a black woman in the time of slavery and
1: it's just it's it's yes.
0: mind-blowing but it yes. also goes to speak to the human spirit as well right mm-hmm. and even in the quote and i'll read the quote or do you want to read it? Go ahead, you read it. Oh, you
1: can read it. It's fine. <laughs>
0: I freed a thousand slaves. I could have freed a thousand more if only they knew they were slaves. I mean, wow. I mean, tell me what this means to you.
1: That's just so much inspiration to always help people no matter what happens. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, for example, uh, one of the girls that I had in my show, she's, she's well, she's older than me, so I should say woman. <laughs> so, uh, one of the women that I had in my show, um, she was a former sex trafficking victim. Oh, wow. And she works with uh, Rain. She works with the, uh, uh, other nonprofits that help um, human trafficking victims—not just sex trafficking, but human, like labor trafficking victims as wow. well. Wow. And. This made me think of her, like because she she's she's like how you are. She she is very articulate and she's. I, I honestly I hope you will interview you uh, interview her on your show. She's incredible. Like you oh, will wow. love her energy the minute that you meet her. Wow. Um. This reminded me of her because she went through that too, and that was modern day slavery. And there are, there's a lot. Like a lot of people think that slavery just kind of ended. So it ended on paper. So it ended on the surface. But there's still a lot of like human trafficking and there's sexual slavery that still goes on and she was uh, a victim of that but through what she experienced you know she she helps others and so this quote to me kind of reminded me of her and so I have like a lot of love and respect towards her because that that takes a lot for someone to come forward with that knowing that they could be targeted by the people that targeted them, whether it's a crime syndicate or yeah. w- re- whether it's a family member or an individual. And she was targeted. So her the, the spouse, it was her spouse that did this to her, that sold her. So um, he, he started to stalk her and track her. And um, he died as soon as she came on my show. And the other thing I wanted to tell you is that she had another family member who drove 1000 miles to harass her. And I was telling her, I was like, you really need an attorney, like you need like, an attorney to protect you. Because the more that you speak about this, you're, you're going to get hits, like, put out at some right. point. Oh, wow. Because that, yeah. So um, uh, that's, obviously, I know that might make some people un- uncomfortable. But like, that's a real issue that people are dealing with right now. So we go back to Harriet Tubman's quote, this was 100 years back, almost yeah. 200 years back, they're dealing with that. So I know someone now that's dealing with slavery in the modern times. So um, I just, like, I saw this quote and I said, that's incredible.
0: Wow. And, you know, I, I, yeah. what you just said, to, and I was in New York this last week, and on the doors mm-hmm. they have those signs that say, if you know someone who's being trafficked, you know, this is like a contact on all the hotel rooms. So it's like literally something that's out there, you know, mm-hmm. And and what you're saying is so – So important, you know, it's just a different time period, but the same things still happen. It's just human
1: nature. Humans are humans are humans.
0: (laughs) Humans are humans. Oh my God. And I'm sorry, I interrupted you before. Of course. Well, I and I and I okay, so thank you. I, I wanted to finish the quotes with my one of my favorites, Gene Wilder. I mean, he is classically one of the funniest human beings and so once again back to what you've been speaking to kind just kind And you know, leslie's saying they have signs in the bathroom at the airports in las vegas too which is just you know it's, it's it's important that everyone's aware so we're not blinded to the fact that these things still go on but back to gene wilder well i'm a jewish buddhist atheist i guess i'm going to tell you what my religion is do unto others as you would have them do unto you period Terminato, the I have no other religion. I feel very Jewish and I feel very grateful to be Jewish, but I don't believe in God or anything to do with the Jewish religion. Gene Wilder, 1933 to 2016. I love that. It's kind of like all encompassing. It's like, we don't have to label ourselves. And the fact of the matter, he says, do unto others, please speak to this. And, and I love that of the quotes this is the last one that we'll end with at least before we go on to the next portion but tell me what does this mean to you
1: so i was i was introduced to gene wilder's movies a little bit more recently there were some movies that i saw um when i was uh, like i think like 12 but i didn't realize it was gene wilder you're know, like Willy wonka yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. That. so um those are the children's movies i didn't really see the other movies until more recently so um, I, I really there was a movie that he was in and it was with Harrison Ford I think it was called the Frisco kid and I saw that and I love there was a scene that I absolutely love in this movie that whole movie is so sweet and it's very funny but um, I loved the there were a couple different scenes but the one scene I want to share the most is that there's a scene where he uh, his character Rabbi Avram and Harrison Ford's character I can't remember Harrison Ford's character's name sorry guys but um, they're on a beach and the criminals come to the beach, and I'm Should I ruin the scene? Oh no, I don't know. If <laughs> you have to tell it now.
0: I'm like you're holding, I'm like waiting breath. You've got to tell the rest of the story. Okay, okay. Oh,
1: so, um, so there's a scene on a beach, and I'm not telling what part of the movie, so there, you guys will have to find it. If you haven't seen it yet, if you've already you seen go. it, you already know what I'm talking about. So there's a scene where Rabbi Avram is trying to save the Torah, right? The Torah fell into the beach fire, so he's trying to save the Torah. While the criminals, there are two, there are two thugs that are trying to kill Harrison Ford's character. Rabbi Avram forgot that no matter that if the, if the written word does not precede a human life, oh. that was the, the meaning of that scene. Yeah. And I think that Gene Wilder's quote is a good example of that. Yeah. You, and he, he's saying you don't like, okay, he's Jewish, right? But that doesn't mean that he's not going to be kind to non-Jewish people. It doesn't mean that he's not going to be kind to himself because he's Jewish. It doesn't mean he's not going to be kind to other Jewish people. So yeah. it just means like, like you said, do unto others as you would have, want them to do unto you. So it doesn't matter matter if it's ethno-religious or not. Yeah. So whether you're Jewish or not Jewish, you should still be kind to other people. <laughs> uh, whether someone is, is, is or is not Jewish, you should still be kind. So it doesn't matter. So like your ethno-religious background, your racial background, your, you know, like um well, ethno-religious and ethnicity are obviously of the same category but it doesn't matter still be kind to people and i mm-hmm. love this quote and also i i uh i did watch a couple interviews because some of my friends were helping me so i was like i need to find quotes so that's awesome uh, that's really- i love
0: it i love it i yeah. love it was a group effort thank you i'm so, yeah, so I, and uh, I appreciate these so that they're different too so i was like yay
1: mm-hmm so I was like, I I, I can't think because there I, might, I like I change it all the time, so I don't know what quotes now and like I like I change my favorite color all the time. <laughs> so mm-hmm. my friend, my friend, um, she's Irish, so she just sent me like some look at look up this look up this person, look at this person, look up, this person, look up uh, this person. You're gonna love them right away. So. Uh, uh, Brandon Bruce Lee <laughs> she sent yeah. me Brenda Bruce Lee she sent me Princess Diana and um, she sent me Lord Byron and so and I was like oh I remember reading about them like I like yeah I just like remembered it was just weird it was like I just suddenly remembered <laughs> That's Awesome. But oh my god. yeah I- um, this I think this quote is very beautiful and it's also from a very beautiful man so Jane Wilder if a lot of people don't know he grew up from so he was like like uh, his parents were like orthodox I don't yeah. know if they were like ultra Orthodox, but he was like kind of like conservative Orthodox. His mom wanted to help him. So they had fled basically, you know, like Europe and he was in the US and she sent him to a military school. So they were in like a like a very small Jewish community at the time in like Milwaukee. And I feel weird that I'm telling like people's like life stories. No, I have, <laughs> like, you know, I have to tell you. Gene
0: Wilder is one of my favorite comedians. Mm-hmm. And I have mm-hmm. to say, I did not know this about him, which is so fascinating because I loved all of his movies. And Richard Pryor was in them with him constantly. Yes. We grew up on Gene Wilder. They were the, that was the fodder for our laughter growing up. That was the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It was Gene Wilder. It was all that he brought to the table. Of course, you know, Willy Wonka. But then all of the the ones that, you know, the the silver streak and the you know i mean my my god i those those are the movies that just made us laugh and the fact of the matter is that you're telling me about his story is is it goes to you that you're such an inquisitive like curious back to always curious and that makes total sense to me you know yeah that, that this is the perfect this is perfect i, would I love it you,
1: yeah I, I was so shocked because i didn't my friend told me oh she had read his bio so she read his bio. My friend is, she's a vicarious reader. Like she, she sends me so many books. Like she, when she wants me to help me with something, she sends me a book to read. That's how, that's her way of nurturing as a friend, right? It's like, I'm good. Cause she's very like cerebral. So she'll just send a book. Oh so um, like, well, let me know. tell you,
0: my audience are a ton mm-hmm. of authors. They're going to mm-hmm. love you and love your friend at that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, readers, like I always say the downloads, you download and, and it's, and it is wonderful to be, even if you're not "quote unquote" like a voracious reader, but you're with people who are, it just adds a bit of uh, you know this other element or dimension to your life for sure, right? Because if you, regardless of your modality, how you express yourself in the world, everybody comes to the table with something pretty miraculous or magnificent, I would say. So I love that. That's amazing. So one of you know one of the things I want to ask you, and and I and I'm, I love the fact that you know, like I said, Gene Wilder, you know, one of the things about the manifesting component of the show is I love to get my guests ideas around. You're so successful and you're so, you know, you've come such a long way. And, and, and I'd say a short time, what are the, what are the, the things that you use as your guide for manifesting in your life?
1: Mm-hmm. For manifesting in my life. You mean an, what a, in a practical sense, like what I do day to day? Or do you mean more like in a kind of like a spiritual, inquisitive kind of way? Well,
0: I love the fact that you talk about your grandfather. You definitely had a wonderful role model. And I think that there's something obvious to me about you is that you have a belief in yourself. It's not a question whether or not you're able. It's a question of how and what's the next step. That That is my perception of you having known you for this short time. So my question mm-hmm. to you is... How do you see your world when you're, you know, addressing or going after a certain goal or going for um, a vision that you have of your future or your present or whatever comes to um,
1: mind? Okay, so I'm going to start with a couple different things. Um, First, I'm going to start with something that's more abstract because uh, I think this will make sense. And then I will go into more like the practical kind of like day-to-day kind of things. So one thing that I've always strived, is to be in service to others but not to be taken advantage because like Mm -hmm. my grandpa was very good at spotting wolves and Ah. people that were trying to use him you know Mm -hmm. because he was a monk because monks are by nature very gentle right um priests and priestesses are by nature nature gentle but because of that you can you can run into people who are a bit more dubious so Mm -hmm. um my grandpa had like a he always had, like, a sixth sense, basically. So he was very attuned to, like, the intentions of others. So I think that was also what made him able to help others very rapidly during war times and to, to get everyone safely to refugee camps. Wow. So I think that not on that grand a scale, because I think my grandpa had a lot more suffering than I've experienced in comparison to him because of what happened historically. Um, but I think that my service to others, what would I... I try to emulate how my my grandpa would always make me feel you know, like when i saw him interacting with other people like in his community or even outside of the community they always felt like kind of like this sense of like you would see it when they would interact with them he would like rejuvenate them because it was uh, his energy right oh, so I, I like i would like to be like that at some point in my life <laughs> but i i kind of like The way that i would explain it is like do you know when it's a hot day outside and you take you you want water right you want a glass of water and sometimes people just want an ice glass of water or maybe you come in from a cold day and you want a warm glass of water i think that when you are in service to others and you're interacting with them you should always give them that same kind of feeling does that make sense so when they come to you right they come to you they need help they're scared they're hurt you need to make them feel that same sense of like, if you were giving a pitcher of water to someone and you were pouring them a glass of water, you're, you're, you you're need water, everyone needs water, right? Yeah. That's what we need to survive in this world, next to air and like yeah. food. But water is that thing that you can survive on even if you're running out of other aspects like food, right? Water is yeah. what you need. So I think that when you are are, for me, from that kind of abstract perspective, when I interact with people, I want them to feel as though I just gave them a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. they're like,
0: I love feel that.
1: like we rejuvenated so and also water is one of the primary healers of your body because your body needs hydration so yeah. um, I think that from kind of like some people say the astral body which is your spiritual body that you have to strengthen when you do prayer and meditation there's that in your physical body so your physical body is what we have right now right this this is our physical body we still have to take care of it so right. when you interact with people you should be rejuvenating both of both aspects right so you should make them feel when they're when their spiritual body feels rejuvenated their physical body will feel it as well does that make sense
0: no it, it absolutely does it's 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 it absolutely. It's, I think it's even perfect for the theme today, you know, rest when you are weary, but also give your your, your body and your soul what it needs. And I love the fact that you're offering in service to someone is to provide them that which they need most, whichever that is, like you're saying, that they would feel like they had a glass of water. Mm -hmm. when, after they've interacted with you and, and, you know, kind of like, it's like your skill, your skin plumps up again, you know, Mm -hmm. you feel like, you know, like you said, what your grandfather, they felt rejuvenated. Mm -hmm. What a wonderful gift to give someone else a a form of rejuvenation by virtue of just being in their presence and, and interacting that way. Wow. That's beautiful. Absolutely. I love that you said that.
1: I'm saying I aspire to be that way. I'm still on my journey. (laughs) Well, I I think that you're quite
0: far along. I mean, a lot of people, I love it. They always say that this earth school, you know, some people are still in kindergarten and they're 95 years old. You're like, what are you doing? Like, is there something that you're going to like, is it that you not, you don't like playing with the blocks and you're just happy there. And then other people like, you know, are five and they're already, you know, college doctorates, right. They already experience this level of, you know, old soul. Like we're talking about those the individuals who those quotes came from. But yet at at one point, you know, the whole idea of like coming back to the spiritual sense, I love the fact that we're in these bodies to experience life as it's presented to us. And I love the fact that with one of the things that you manifest is by basically being a glass of water or nourishing or that, you know, wonderful nourishing sense to another person. You know to manifest your own dreams and goals because people really want to be around people like you you know and like you said not to be taken advantage of but as an offering with your boundaries and i love that you said that that is really important i think that a lot of people forget the boundary mm-hmm. component you know and, and you're like you said your grandfather was a monk i don't know if you find that in hollywood i can only imagine you know that is something that you have to at least be you know aware of certainly you know as you, you go about and, and do what you do in the world.
1: I've sidestepped many of them.
0: <laughs> Some I'm going to say, I was
1: like, <laughs> yeah. very, but, very, um, very cool. um, from, Oh, from a practical perspective, I should share that as well. So yeah. I generally write things down. So I usually have like a notepad. I use a legal pad because it's the oh, easiest awesome. to write it down. So I'll just write it in a list. So that's a practical way of writing. So you feel it, you see it. It's that Love memory it. from feeling it and seeing it um then well we already mentioned that caring for your spiritual and physical body so you have to sync them that, that that when you sync both of those you're able to help others and you're also not you're not depleted when you're doing that mm-hmm. as well so a lot of the things that i do that i i learned this and and uh it was like i remember being little and he was like now you're going to meditate what the heck grandpa (laughs) but
0: was that something that you were surrounded with as a child meditation because for me it was prayer we went to church and we went to we Mm -hmm. we were told, say your prayers do this like it was more rote and and Mm -hmm. and as i grew as i have gotten older you know meditation was like oh my god do you want me to sit still and be quiet and meditate no no no. but then it became something of my own kind of practice i made it my own so Mm -hmm. it's something that like the glass of water you're speaking to. But my question to you is that were you surrounded by this as a child, that it just became a part of
1: who you were as you grew older? So I did kind of rebel for a little bit. So I was just kind of like, nope, not going to do it. And then I realized I was tired. I was getting drained. I was dealing with like uh, no one hurt me but certain industry people. (laughs) So um, I was starting to feel depleted. And then I, I, uh, it was weird. I just kind of – I. I remember just waking up and going, you know what I need in my life right now? A little bit of meditation. So I (laughs) just woke up one day and
0: like said, this is what I need, and I'm going to do this. Yeah,
1: I was like, I feel very depleted because when you know, like when you when you meditate, like prayer is like asking the question, and meditation is receiving you know know, the answer. So um, I was like, okay, I need to I need to work on this a little bit. So then I made it into my schedule. So like the same time, I, I write things down, I put it in my schedule first thing in the morning. What do I do? Meditate, right? So it clears any of that built up, and maybe I had a bad dream or something to that effect. Maybe, um, maybe I had a rough night and I didn't. Uh, I forgot to do it, so I. I Put it into the routine and so it's like building that muscles so like when you go to the gym so there's your physical body but then there's also your spiritual body so you've got to strengthen that and you've got to sync everyone or sync everyone sync <laughs> them together so um sync everyone i don't know where that what that one so that um,
0: kind of like sync it really is sync everyone mm-hmm. it kind of puts some kind of order in your world when you mm-hmm. start that way right it doesn't so it doesn't feel like you're so out of whack it, i like yeah. that you said that yeah. actually
1: yeah and um so i was that's how i that's how i do that so i write it down and then i care for both physical and spiritual bodies as well and then when you have that you're able to go and think like any kind of thing that pops up you just you just go with it and so the other thing is uh the third thing i would say is probably um, going with the flow so a lot of times what what i learned is that when you think and you kind of like, I always talk about water for some weird reason. Like I'm not like a water person, like I don't like swimming, but I keep talking about water today and I don't know why I'm just gonna go with it. Wow. So um, uh, I was saying like when you go, like after you've written it down, you have your intention, right? So it's like writing your intention, getting your intention yeah. there into your thoughts. And then your spiritual and physical body, you strengthen that. Like I do it in the morning. I used to do it three times a day, but then I was just so relaxed. So I only do it in the morning and the evenings now um so when you <laughs> you're do like that, get
0: nothing done you're like i'm walking like walking
1: so relaxed We're just gonna sit here right now yeah. just... <laughs> so um so what i what i would do is that i would just kind of go with the flow so once you've already cleared out any toxicity and you've created you strengthen your spiritual armor and you built the muscles so things don't really uh, affect you as much as they would and that's a good thing some people think well maybe that means you need not you're too nonchalant and you're not going to help anyone. But you have to be that way because you can focus better. So when if someone, someone comes to you and they're in dire straits, you can focus. Like when you pray and you meditate, it helps you focus. That's why a lot of martial artists, and I used to train in martial arts as well, that's why they teach you to do that. So think about yeah. it. You're able to sense another person's intention so i think Mm -hmm. that my grandpa i think that he he mastered that i think that's why he was so good at it and so i think that i'm playing a little bit of catch up you know so i'm gonna go do this formal training even though i've learned you know, like how to do it i still need the formal training if i want to open shrines because they they don't want to like a random person going hey guess what guys i'm a priestess and i'm opening a shrine
0: yeah
1: (laughs) are you you gonna like charge us for weird things are you one of those like Uh, Sidewalk psychics or something? No, I'm sure you are not. (laughs) Well, I I will say that,
0: you know, the way you put it, how you built up those three points, but ended Mm -hmm. with the go with the flow. A lot of people get in trouble because they're always pushing against or going up the river when they should be flying down, you know, Mm -hmm. always, and they they make their life even more difficult, you know, when, you know, sometimes it's just kind of like, It it kind of feels to me, and it's so funny that we're talking about water because I think I'm I'm the one who needed to hear this more than anything else, which usually is the case with my interviews is always for me is everyone else just gets to be beneficial benefit, but from my messages. But the reality is, is that, you know, at this point in time uh, with what's happened in the past, you can't change it. You don't really know what's going to happen in the future. You can't do much about it. But the acceptance of where you are right now and then how you just ride whatever wave or mm-hmm. whatever flow comes your way feels just so much like aliveness, right? It is this mm-hmm. kind of like looking forward to. And and I really do appreciate that you say that because it really allows for the good things to come into your life too, rather than you kind of pushing your own agenda, which is really, really something that I needed to hear tonight. Thank you, Sullivan. So so I, I definitely love those points. And, you know, since you started off with intention too, and I, I asked at the beginning of the interview, what was your intention for this evening? Um, and then what page you picked? You know, I like, love the synchronicity you can find, you know, some kind of little, you know, nuggets of wisdom in how things unfold or go with the flow. So what was it that you... Um, your intention? What was it that time? I chose
1: number six, but then I got lost on what page I was supposed to go to because I didn't know if I was number six or chapter six or August six. (laughs) Well, you know, interestingly
0: enough, I'm going to go with the flow and allow you to pick whatever it is that speaks to you the best. And then what was your intention that was to meet that?
1: so this one um, i went with page six this time okay. so it says january 4th if you don't make time for your dreams then who will says most people were so busy knocking themselves out trying trying to do everything they think they should do they never get around to doing what they want to do so as kathleen windsor she's an american author and the intention that uh, meg has written in the book is we all live very busy stressful and overly packed lives Take time out of yours to ask yourself, am I taking the time to do things that make me feel alive? Never let others' mundane expectations take uh, precedence over the activities that are important to you. In your desire to perfectly fulfill others' expectations, you could be missing out on opportunities that would bring you satisfaction and joy. You may assume that you will have all the time in the world to accomplish your dreams, but in reality, you may be putting off pursuing exactly what you need to do to set yourself in a positive direction. And for what? To drive yourself crazy as you prioritize others' values over your own? Today is the day. Start thinking about what sparks your curiosity. um, Spontaneously brainstorm a list of activities that stimulate your creative spirit. Don't wait for the nod from another. For if you don't make time for your dreams. Who will? Sorry, guys. You know, I I do voice acting, but I'm not in the voice acting mode right now. So I'm a bit, (laughs) I'm butchering some of Meg's sentences. Sorry. I'm going to tell you though, but what you're saying, (laughs) what you're
0: saying, that like totally matches up with, with what we've been talking about tonight. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it, and it furthers, furthers my question with regard to you. And I'm like, I always, one of my, I'm sorry, one of the things I love more than anything is that you send us away with some final inspiration. But before we, we do that, you know, one of the things that that I love about you and I'll go back to the fact that you, you are definitely, like I said, and I will say this again, you have this air of confidence about you, a belief in yourself. And I love being around people who are that because I think a lot of times we're waiting for other people to give ourselves the permission to do what we came here to do in this world. And you're, you're like, you're going to open shrines. I have no doubt in the, in, in a million worlds that that's going to happen. And probably sooner than later, you're, you have a whole, you know, Sullivan, she shed, you have a boutique, you have all of these things that you're bringing a lot of beauty into this world. And, it makes me smile because I think we inspire we are inspired by those who are doing what it is that we want to show up and do in this world as well. Right. To show up and follow that calling or that path, that dream. And I love that you what you just read, because regardless of whether it wasn't, you know, it was as perfect as it was going to be because we heard and we heard you. Mm-hmm. So, before we go tonight and before we tell everyone all the wonderful places that they can find you, what is a final inspiration that you want to share with all of us so that we can, you know, wake up tomorrow morning with those wonderful things that you've shared with us tonight and just look at the world differently or experience our own lives or that person looking back in the, from the mirror at us differently. What's that final inspiration?
1: I was thinking about that. I already mentioned spiritual armor because it's very important to always strengthen that when you're in the physical realm. So um, you you want to make sure that you're you're strong in both aspects. But um, I was saying uh, the other thing that I would say is probably to be in the moment. I know mm-hmm. that's a lot harder said than done, um, because I, I like I, I've been you know like when I've been talking to some of my friends online, they're saying that they have a lot of anxiety with mm-hmm. the way that the world is going right now. Um, not just with you know the deaths from the pandemic or like anything that's going on in the world like politically but there's a lot of anxiety and you know i always circle back to making it a point to strengthen like your spiritual body and your physical body because when things get really bad whether it's collectively or whether it's like on an individual basis that will that will protect you and and push you forward because you can still focus So i think that's really important so that i would say like probably that like i always say that i say that again and again because of like some of my friends like i just recently taught one of my friends how to meditate and um he he said that his anxiety has gone down a lot so um i think that it's it's so important i'm and, and just like that having like when you're interacting with people to, like sometimes people get i and like i i know that you you've probably seen this a lot because you work on a, a lot of times people put on pretense they put on mm-hmm. kind of that veneer right it's like, that kind of like the professional armor that they put yeah. on that people get you know like but but you're naturally really good at this like you and sejal are masters at this at, at like talking to people as people not talking at people
0: yeah so
1: like that's another thing too so live in the moment strengthen your your spiritual body and your physical body and Move forward with that. Always be, always help others, and I think that's really important too. It.
0: That's you know that's beautiful, and I think that I think a lot of the what you said with regard to being in the moment does eliminate a lot of the anxiety that we may go through. And God, Lord knows, we all need to chip away at that a little bit each each day. That you know, it, it's kind of like um, there's a visual that I have. It's kind kind of like a roller coaster. Like the anxiety goes up and up and up and up and up, and you're on the other side, and you're like it's chaos. Is chaos. Mm-hmm. You can't just go from here to here. you have to actually push yourself back up over the mountain back to the other side again. but the way you can do that is really being present in the meditation in the moment and building up that spiritual armor which you've spoken to tonight so beautifully that allows that you know the physical and the spiritual to meet each other and come bring back to a sense of you know sanity again. and I and I do I do find what you're doing and and I'll put this back up here with the she shed you know, is a place where people can go, the she shed, you know, everyone goes to the shed, but the she shed to find your sanity again, to find those other people who are doing those things in this world that we get to be inspired by so that we can get our sanity back again. And tell us a little bit about where we can find you, Solomon, and and where we can... um, connect with you. Cause I think, I think a lot of people are going to be really interested in doing that. And I like, I'm definitely going to h- connect you with Beth for sure, but go ahead. Tell us a little bit about where we can find you.
1: Oh, perfect. So if you would, if you would like to see Sullivan, she shed, we are on at, well, I'm going to give the Eastern standard time zone because it seems to be easier for everyone. So we're on, um, Every Sunday at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, you can view our sh- show at WorldwideTV.tv, and so uh, it's also we're available on other platforms, but that seems to be the easiest for everyone to go to. So again, it's www.worldwideTV.tv, and in terms of social media, we have um, uh, we just um, we Megan mentioned this earlier. So our uh, fe- Facebook took our uh, accounts, so now we have restarted on TikTok. So we're starting from scratch. So um, we have one um, one TikTok account. It's Sula Chic Boutique. So that is for the live stream shopping. I, I work with a corporate company in Beijing. So um, that is what that is. So the second one is at Sulavans, Sulavans. There's no apostrophe. It's at Sulavans underscore she shed. So that's going to be the new TikTok for Sullivan she shed. And if anyone wants to find me on LinkedIn, then it's Sullivan Dolly Bollinger. So um, again, it's LinkedIn, Sullivan, Ah, yep, mm -hmm, S-U-L-L-L-I-E, and then B-O-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. And if you guys are, I guess if anyone wants to stalk me online, you can go to (laughs) Sullivan.com. I love that. And, and I almost forgot to ask you why, what is your
0: nickname? Why, what were the origins of the Dolly? How did that come about?
1: Oh, so Michelle Tilleri. So you, do you remember when I was telling you, he scouted <laughs> yes. me? Um, he was, he scouted me like right away and wanted to like sign me uh, for like beauty campaigns. He wanted to sign me for beauty campaigns. I didn't even talk about any of the campaigns or anything like that, that cause the pandemic just like <laughs> <laughs> just caused some chaos there. But um. So um, Michelle Toleri gave me the name la Renaissance Dolly so um, that was where that name came from and then Dolly was just the shortened version of it so um, the other name that I go by is Sula so um, that's what we my other nickname so we've been using that for the boutique so Sula chic boutique yeah
0: Sula chic boutique oh my gosh so everyone please reach out she's a wonderful I'll put all the information in in the in the notes on both um, youtube as well as the podcast and also in in the facebook feed and i want to um put it side by side with magical guide to bliss because i always am grateful to my magical guide because of the magical connections i find along the way and definitely sula in dali the renaissance dali is one of those magical connections and i'm so grateful that you gave me the time tonight to have this conversation to share all your wonderful advice and inspiration and the journey that you've had. And I can't wait to see all the wonderful things that you will do and what kind of impact you're having on the world and what you're going to have on the world. Cause I know it's going to be pretty miraculous and certainly colorful. So before I do go, I definitely want to put this up because I love it so much. And she's a tiara girl. So you know I was going to love her from, from day one for sure. And Leslie's saying Oh, okay. So All there right. we go. Thank I'm going to, for you and not that I don't <laughs> love it anyway, but, <laughs> but every everybody certainly please go reach out to Sullivan. She is wonderful and she's doing wonderful things in this world and she is making a difference and you can totally see why with everything that she shared tonight. So without further ado, I want to thank you again, Sullivan. I want to, you know, encourage everyone to be out there and doing those things that you're deliberately creating the life of your dreams, dreaming big, and let's all raise the positive vibration on this planet together so that we all can live out our bliss, helping each other and letting 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 us love each other exactly where we are. And like I said, wishing you bliss. Thank you so much, Sullivan. And and one more thing to share with us before we go.
1: What should I share? What should I share? Oh, I don't know. What what should- you-
0: You like you shared your beautiful smile. That's for sure. And and I wish you had a tear on too, so we could be like twins. I was like, oh yes, I look like a beauty model. I love it. I I, award winning at that for sure. But no, I will say this. You do have a beautiful smile. You have an incredible energy. I love the fact that you're so aware of energy in other people that that is certainly a game changer. People who have that ability are able to read a crowd before they even show up sometimes. And I think that's even an incredible gift. So thank you so much for your presence tonight and thank you all for watching and have a wonderful, 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 blissful, wonderful day. All right. Good night, everybody. Hi, it's Meg. Thank you for listening to this episode of Manifesting with Meg. If you loved this conversation, be sure to subscribe and share The Extraordinary and get your copy of The Magical Guide to Bliss today. See you soon.